Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio. I am your host, Cheryl Todd, and I am excited to be here today with Alexander Lanshi. Alexander is the Warrior Millennial, and he is an author of two books, Warrior Attitude, 21 Ways to Think and Act Like a Warrior That Will Transform Your Outlook on Life, and The Anatomy of a Warrior, The Seven Virtues All Warriors Must Live By to Successfully Protect and Serve. Welcome to the show, Alex. Hello, Cheryl. Thank you so much for having me on. This is going to be great. Absolutely. So I got to meet you in person. We've been Facebook friends uh, for a bit, I think. But we got to meet in person this past weekend here in Phoenix, Arizona at the Well-Armed Women Conference. And I have to almost believe that they did this on purpose. They bookended. I spoke on Friday about Ordinary Warriors and kind of the power of the the polka dot that is my camo. (laughs) And you spoke on Sunday about ordinary warriors and the anatomy of a warrior. And I'm so sad I didn't get to be there to hear yours, but I hear it was, I mean, I missed out. Yeah, I've been very privileged to go two years in a row now to that conference. They uh, carry Lightfoot and the Willard Women treat me really well. And apparently I'm becoming a fan favorite there. So it's, I hope I can go back next year and you know, really help them out. It's a, it's a great, great place to be. Well, fantastic. And I will, um, I think you said you might've posted your video of your speech. Uh, not yet, but it will, it will be going up soon. Yes. Okay. I might even do like a watch party, like a countdown and kind of make it an event. So oh, I love it. I love it. I, well, I will show up for that event. So, um, in trying to kind of boil down what of the gajillion things that you and I could be talking about, um, <laughs> it's like, well, we only have so much time. So um, I really wanted to kind of touch on the idea of like the foundation piece, right? So what is the true foundation of freedom and self-protection in your, uh, in your way of thinking? Right. So a little background on the book, The Anatomy of a Warrior is titled that because I really do believe that the virtues really is the anatomy, if you will. It's, um, you know, anatomy in the physical sense would obviously be physical components, the bones, the muscle. But then you have the anatomy of the spirit, basically, the anatomy of the heart, what really makes a warrior. And so the book is based on 120 interviews that I did with people like Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, uh, Gavin DeBecker, Masada Ayub, Carrie Lightfoot, Julie Golub, you know, people that actually do it and have been doing it for a long time. And the question I asked them was all really simple. It was just, if you could basically clone or create the perfect warrior, you know, what kind of virtue would we give them? If they were going to protect your family. What kind of virtues would we want them to have? And so virtue really is at the foundation because as you and I know, it's not about the tools. The tools just carry out the will of the person. And so if the person doesn't have these foundational virtues, uh, and in the book, the number one virtue they all mentioned is courage or fortitude. Um, The other one would be charity or love, like the deep um, self-sacrificing love, not the Disney version of love that we get, you know, spread around. The really deep self-sacrificing love that wills the good of the other. And then there's humility. 
There's justice, which is related to honesty and truth. They have to be people who know what reality is. And then prudence, which is discernment, making good judgment calls, you know, in the moment and the ability to plan. And then last two were faith and temperance. Temperance is basically just self-control. And so that is the foundation. If we don't have people that are striving for those virtues in their daily life, then their guns are not going to be super effective because um, we know and see what happens when people who have no virtue or lack a lot of virtue get their hands on guns. And that's really the question because everyone's asking that right now, right? That's the climate. How do we stop bad guys from getting guns? Well, you need them to not be bad guys. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's easier said than done, obviously. It but- is. But don't we have an opportunity with each new life that's born and, um, you know, each each new day, really, to make a personal decision or to make a positive impact on those around us? I totally agree. Yep. And if, if we're not walking that walk, then we're not really spreading that to other people. You know, talking about it's one thing and it's good. You need to talk about it. But people are also going to look at your example. And if you aren't an example, then they're going to think you're a hypocrite and they're not going to want to do it. Absolutely. And I love the phrasing that you use because you know that unfortunately this true statement has become a cliche and the true statement is, you know, guns don't kill people, people kill people. Right. Right. Um, It doesn't, the fact that it is kind of become a clanging gong doesn't take the truth away from it, but won't hear it anymore but i like how you phrased it that tools carry out the will of the person that's that's a new way of saying that for for my ears anyway and i i like that yeah no it is true because once things become super cliche you're right we just kind of tune it out and i don't know why we do that but uh, that does tend to happen and so yeah we need to have you have new ways to say the same truth to get new people to maybe hear it. and you know this is just common sense because sometimes things have to be said a different way to make sense to a certain person mm-hmm. it's the same exact truth but it has to be worded differently for it to stick in their mind for whatever reason it's just the one way doesn't make any sense but then if you reword it then suddenly the same exact truth becomes clear and apparent absolutely and so that kind of takes me to the second thing i wanted to talk about um I've I've heard you say that there is a way, I don't know if it's a phrase, I don't know if it's a skill set, uh, but there is a way to end the gun control debate, no matter who you're talking to. This is true. That's that's a bold claim, right? So if you're listening, I'm sure you're kind of like, wow, you, sir, let's see about that. (laughs) But uh, I will endeavor to to do that right now. So... um, this is what I did for the well-armed women at the talk too. And this, this gets the biggest reaction of anything that I talk about as far as like, Oh my gosh, that makes total sense. So what's the problem with the gun debate? The problem with the gun debate is it's the wrong debate. Mm, you're right. We say like, it's not about the guns. It's about the person, but then how do we argue? Argue no. about guns. It's gun control. It's pro gun versus anti gun. Excuse me. So that's the whole issue. Mm-hmm. So how do you defeat the argument is you don't debate on their terms. And I'll explain how to do that. So when people say, because I told this to the group too, they, I said when people 
frame it in the pro-gun, anti-gun. If you tell someone I'm pro-gun, to the other side, if, you, if there is another side, whatever the other side is, what they hear is I love my tool more than I love human lives. Mm. Mm. That's what they hear in their head. So you can argue, like once you've said that, you can then make any other point you want about the pie charts and the stats, because we know the stats back us up. You know, all the defensive uses of firearms, you can quote all the stats, all like, well, the gun-free zones, you know, look, it all happens in gun-free zones. You can quote all those statistics after that, but they will not hear any of it because all they heard in the beginning was, I care more about keeping my possessions, my objects, more than I care about human lives. Mm. That's not technically what you said, mm -hmm. but that is all they will hear. And so how you end the debate is you don't have the debate on their terms. So when they say, are you pro-gun, anti-gun, you know, pro-second, anti-second, you say none to any of that. I am pro-self-protection. Mm -hmm. You have a t-shirt that says that. Are you wearing I it? I don't know if you can see it. I'll have to adjust the camera here. There it is. I am pro-self-protection. I was seeing pictures of that it's, from. Uh, it's purple for the well-armed women, you know, but uh, it stands out. I've had tons of them say when they wear it, it's a conversation starter. They've even gotten to recruit people into the well-armed women based on seeing this shirt because they struck up conversations with people. But that's how you have to talk about it because that is really what it's about. The guns are only part of the discussion because they are one of the tools that allow us to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. If we have better tools, I'm pro whatever those tools are. Mm -hmm. So it's no, not I, about the tool. I like that. Um, so often I... And I try very hard on, on this show to not, you know, use the divisive language of like, well, it's the left versus the rights and those Democrats or those right. liberals, you know what I mean? Right. It's like, that's a trap. Right. So I usually phrase, you know, the rights restrictors, which whether they've got a big D on their chest or whether they've got a big R on their checks, right. they are trying to restrict my rights. And so, so then that argument actually could fall apart faster than what you're saying because you know, people are like, well, even rights have limits and, you know, let's be reasonable and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And you're saying it's about pro self protection. So right. at what point do you get to tell me that I can't protect myself? Right. That's uh, and especially for a culture that says they don't like to judge. Mm -hmm. They don't like to judge, but they like to judge how I get to protect myself or why I get to protect myself. Yeah, so yeah. You hold them accountable. And see, my, one of my backgrounds is philosophy, so I love the, you know, figuring out these arguments and basically pulling them apart and analyzing and reconstructing them. So you hold them accountable to what they already say. Mm -hmm. If they don't like judging, then you have to actually tell them that. Like, well, you seem to be judging how I get to protect myself. Mm -hmm. Why would you do that? I thought you were a compassionate person. Mm-hmm. You have to use that emotional language, too, because they are projecting all their emotion. I care more about people than you do because you only care about your guns. So if you reframe it, you have to use those words because that's what triggers them. It's not the logic. Like, they don't care about the logic because, I mean, seriously, would you care about someone's logic if you thought they actually cared more about an object than people? Hmm. No, that's... I wouldn't. Like, that's... I wouldn't care what their argument was. I wouldn't be persuaded by their logic if secretly behind all that i thought their motive was i just want to keep my stuff i don't care if people die mm -hmm. if that's yeah. what i really thought they believed i wouldn't care about their argument so 
that is where a lot of them really are at, especially my generation, the millennials and generation Z, they are inundated with the brainwashing. If brainwashing is too scary, um, propaganda, whatever you want to call it, that's what they hear all the time. Mm-hmm. So you have to reframe it in emotional terms. Like I thought you were compassionate. Don't you want people to not die? Mm-hmm. Of course I don't. Well, do you want them to get murdered? Do you want women who are in college dorms to get raped by people? No. Well then why won't you let them protect themselves? Mm-hmm. You have to make them talk about that because if you talk about the gun, the debate's over. You already lost in the beginning and it doesn't matter what you say after that. That's really um, well, well said, well phrased. And uh, I think that that is part of why the pro self-protection, pro rights, pro gun side um, keeps failing to be able to play on that playing field of sound bites because we're constantly in explainer mode. We're constantly yes. trying to go, yeah, but the founding fo- was the, no, you know, right. no. What? I don't know what you're even talking. Or there are old slave owners who cares about that you know and right. we keep but the other side they just throw an emotional soundbite out there hits people in the heart nope. blocks off their brain and their ability to think rationally logically and um i i think that you're you're doing a really important thing and i've been thinking lately that uh you know we need more philosophers because you know, it does make you... That is a brilliant insight. Yeah, you just have to be able to wrestle with with what is. You don't get to just pull stuff out of thin air, right? Yeah, I know. And if I may, you have to realize that the enemy, whoever the enemy is, the people who are anti-self-protection, which is what you have to start calling them, they're not anti-gun, they're anti-self-protection. They don't want you to be able to protect yourself from them or from the people that they proxy out their violence to, which is almost always what it is. They're not going to do it, but they're going to call someone else to do it, <laughs> which is, you know, that's what we all would do, right? If, yeah. if you have the choice, I don't want to have to be the one that does the violence. I'll call someone else and make them do the violence. <laughs> so they want you to not be able to resist whatever that looks like. And that's if they've even thought this through, though. See, my, the reason this is so powerful is because most people who are anti-gun, they haven't thought it through like this. Mm-hmm. They're just repeating what they've been told. So if you reframe it this way, then they'll start seeing, well, I'm not anti-self-protection. I do want people to be able to protect themselves. And that will get them thinking on the right line. Mm-hmm. Now, you might encounter someone who's like, I don't care. You shouldn't be able to protect yourself at all. Then, now you're dealing with someone with malice. That's a totally different person. Mm-hmm. If they knowingly are okay with disarming and they know the full ramifications and it doesn't bother them because it's not going to affect them, Bloomberg, mm-hmm. then uh, they don't care. They're a totally different bird. But the normal person that you and I are going to interact with, that the listener is going to have a talk with, like their mom, their dad, their siblings, their spouse, most of those people are not really in their heart anti self protection. They they don't really they don't really they'll never say that. You're like, so you're pro women getting raped and murdered in their college dorms? Mm-hmm. So like, no, of course not. It's like, well, right. So then, why won't you let them protect themselves? Mm-hmm. See, then it can shift into the facts. Once you get past that gun thing, then it can be, well, because then it, then the question is, how do they protect themselves? Well, they don't need a gun. It's like, well, maybe, maybe you don't need a gun for everything. But, you know, if you're a five foot tall, hundred pound girl in a college dorm and a six foot two rapist comes in who's 200 pounds, 
do you want to have to fight them with your bare hands? See, then you can start having that conversation. But if you start with I'm pro gun, then that all they hear is the tool. Yeah. No, that's, that's really smart. Um, and so the, the other question that I, I wanted to ask you is, you know, about the whole ordinary warrior. Uh, first of all, what would you say that is? And you seem to think that there's a secret power. I do as well. Uh, <laughs> behind that idea of the ordinary warrior well i think i think there is because the whoever you again whoever you want to call it the media however you get all these these silly ideas from a lot of these people we're told from an early age you can't do anything important unless it's big and extraordinary and you have to go change the world and all that kind of stuff well the problem is then people start thinking about things that they can't ever possibly do mm. They imagine things uh, like inventing a brand new technology that like reshapes the whole landscape. On an actual percentage scale, that's zero people who do that. <laughs> you know? So if you make that the goal, yeah, it's like, and I get it because everyone's like, well, if you aim high and then you don't hit the goal, then at least you get somewhere higher. It's like, no, but there is such a thing as aiming so high and then failing so miserably, then you don't strive anymore. Mm. That's the problem. So the ordinary warrior, the language, and you talked about this with the Willard woman, that's why I wanted to talk about it with you, is because it, you have to reassert the power into the ordinary. Because that is, ironically, and uh, other philosophers have talked about this, it is more extraordinary to be ordinary because nobody wants to do it. It's not glamorous. I told the ladies this, the Willard woman, too, is that it's easy to get an ego when you're a speaker because you're the one speaking, everybody's looking at you. You forget that it's you serving them and you're still just the ordinary person. Mm -hmm. But everyone has to do that in their daily life. So it's like, you know, just uh, like doing the dishes when you don't want to is an act of courage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's those little acts that build up your character, which is what makes you the warrior or not. It's not about whether or not you want to go on. It's do you have all those virtues we talked about, the courage, the love, the fortitude, the humility. That's what makes you a warrior. That's the true anatomy of the warrior. So how do you get that? Well, you don't get that by trying to launch like the next Apple company because no one's going to do that. Mm -hmm. You get it by doing all the little ordinary things that you don't want to do. For firearms people, it's like you, you make the time to go shoot even when you don't want to. Well, why? Because you don't know when you're going to need it necessarily. So you need to make the time. And are you disciplined enough? Do you have the courage to go train when you don't to teach the student that you don't really want to teach, but they already paid for the class? <laughs> mm. You know, are you patient enough to get through it? That's what makes the warrior. And so the power of the secret is in the secret is don't care about the extraordinary stuff that the media and other people try to sell you on. It's not important. Mm -hmm. And the other last part about the ordinary is don't fall for any of the despair tactics mm. that a lot of these anchors and hosts do. Like they sell all the fear. The media, that's all they sell. They sell you a bunch of fear. Notice they never give you solutions. Violence is always random, senseless, purposeless. Why? Because then you're not responsible for stopping it. Mm -hmm. How can you stop it if it's truly, if it's like rolling dice or just like drawing a card out of a deck of cards, how can you possibly stop that? You can't. The lie is violence isn't like that. 
it is predictable. You can stop it. You can prevent most of it, mm -hmm. but you have to know that. Mm -hmm. So don't listen to any of the fear mongering. Be ordinary and control what you can control. Absolutely. So uh, as I was listening to you talk about that, I pictured in my mind, um, it's a, some little story, probably someone made up. I don't know if it was ever something that actually happened, but I think it's like a, a grandpa and his grandchild are walking on the beach and there's a gajillion starfish or sand dollars, depends on who wrote right. the story, you know, right. both versions. And the grandpa picks one up and throws it out, picks one up, throws it out to sea. And then the grandchild says, what are you doing? And the grandpa said, well, I'm saving these starfish. And, mm. and the, the little one uh, says, well, you, there's no way. We'll be here for a year trying to put all these back in the right. water. And then the grandpa says, okay, that's true. But it, I can make a difference to that one. And he picks up another one and that one. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's that tiny, tiny um, acts can sometimes be huge, right? It's the whole world to that one starfish. Right. Yeah, it's life or death for that starfish. Absolutely. And the other thing right. I was thinking about is when they say, well, you can't predict, so you can't do anything about it. Well, the same people that might want us to swallow that down wholesale are the same ones that when they get in their car, they put their seatbelt on. Why? Because they plan to go out and get in a car wreck? No. Right? No, yeah, exactly. It's the same argument. Why is your seatbelt on? Are you planning to crash? Right. No. Why do you own a fire extinguisher in your house? Are you planning to burn your house down? No. That well, why 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 do you need a fire extinguisher? We have a fire department. Dummy. Don't you know you can just call the fire department? <laughs> like why does that somehow make no sense? Like everyone like you laugh. Everyone will laugh and go, Oh, it's clearly stupid. And we're like, Well so why do you have a gun? Why do you have any tool to protect yourself? Are you planning on getting attacked? No. So why do you have it? Don't you know you can just call the cops? But then for some people that makes sense. So like, oh yeah, I'll just call the police. And I'm like, you, you just want to call the fire department if your house is burning? You don't want a fire extinguisher in the house? Well, yeah, I got to have a fire extinguisher. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The gun is just a tool. Exactly. The fire extinguisher is a tool. They're all literally man-made implements to get a certain job or task done. Exactly. And we're planning for the... Right. Worst the, case scenario. Exactly. Thank you. That's I don't exactly. want to do it, but it would be real nice if I could put my little stove fire out with a fire extinguisher before I let it grow to my house and then have to call the fire department. Exactly. Exactly. That's fantastic. Um, so I just want to brag on you a little bit. First of all, uh, you graduated magna cum laude. Thank you kind of a big deal that's dedication that's that's uh congratulations that's fantastic um in akron with degrees in exercise science and philosophy there's that philosophy piece again and uh you are one of seven you're the oldest of seven children i am in fact the oldest of seven so did you kind of become, uh, you know, daddy to a lot of them, you know, like helping out around the house in those kinds of ways that, that sense oh, of yeah. yeah, I've been, I've been, I raised all my bottom, you know, first few siblings after me were so close in age. You don't really raise them, but yeah, 
yeah, the the last three or four of the siblings, yeah, I've, I'm second second dad. <laughs> you know, my parents are great, so it's not like I was like filling in for my dad or no, anything. no, no. I didn't mean to apply that. I apologize. But, uh, just just in case anybody's getting confused. Right. But, no, yeah, that that's how you do it, and uh, it was fantastic. I I want a big family myself one day. It's there's no other way to go in my opinion. That's awesome. And so I'm thinking, you know, with that big of a family, and then you've got some that are closer in age and some that, so probably that philosophy and learning how to argue well, maybe came into play. <laughs> well, you know, they can, when they're little, they can't beat me because I'm the oldest. So <laughs> That's true. if I'm losing the debate, I can just grab them by the scruff and, you know, there you go. I love it. But as well, they get older, then you got to get more intellectually sophisticated to beat them. So that's, uh, no, pe- people don't usually like arguing with me. <laughs> no, that's, that's fantastic. I really do think that philosophy is something, you know, it's, I, it's not a degree that you're going to make a lot of money with, but I think no. that it's a mindset and a way of examining the world that um, it, it's slipping away from us a little bit. And I think that we need to figure out ways to bring that back into mainstream discussions so i you're the first person i've ever heard bring this up and it makes me really happy because uh one of the famous sayings is you know if you have if your warriors don't think and your thinkers don't fight Mm. then you're going to have you know all the fighting is going to be done by idiots and all the thinking is going to be done by cowards Mm. wow that's a little terrifying because right we're kind of there in a lot of ways you know it's like because you don't you don't just want the warriors to be brutes mm-hmm. because then they can be controlled by anybody. Mm-hmm. You have to have the virtues so that they're not able to just be controlled like robots. Mm-hmm. And then you don't want all your thinkers and intellectuals to be people that just sit at desks and don't do anything because then they don't have any skin in the game. See, mm-hmm. all of our old leaders, even in America, like Washington, all those guys, they all actually fought. Like they all actually had to lead the men in the military. They didn't just get to sit in the White House and mm-hmm. twiddle their thumbs and go to war and have no skin in the game. Mm-hmm. They had to fight. All the old leaders, all the old kings and the monarchs and the generals like Leonidas and Sparta, they all were on the front lines with the troops. Mm-hmm. So do you think they'll make different decisions based on that instead of being in the ivory tower going, well, we'll send these people here and these people there and who cares if they die? Like, right, because you're insulated in the tower. Yeah. You're now, still, you know, sucking down all the fancy drinks and eating all the fancy food while the troops are dying. Well, and that whole, um, I'm, I'm kind of removed from any actual consequence. Right. You know, is, That's the word. I mean, look at social media, right? The, the <laughs> vitriol and the anger yeah. and the... Cause, oh. Yeah, because they can't get punched in the mouth. Exactly. And they That's don't why. have to actually... Uh, this is another thing that's uh, funny that, you know, you've probably seen on a TV show or something where somebody's just being a, a horrible person in traffic. They're right. honking and they're, you know, throwing hand signs and all that right. kind of stuff and fighting somebody for a parking spot. And then the next thing you know, they're they're actually face to face with that person in like a, a job interview or standing in line <laughs> at the grocery store or like in a typical Hollywood fashion, you know. Yeah, no doubt. And so it's like, you know, if we would just think that way as we are being keyboard keyboard warriors, you know, which are not ordinary warriors. No, um, they, they've hijacked that word. And they don't deserve the name. 
No doubt. Uh, they're sitting there just spewing the most awful hate. And it's like, if you just pictured that person sitting across the table from you and you pictured your, your children or your grandchildren or somebody you respect right. looking in on that conversation, would you still behave that same way? You just wouldn't. No, and uh, the other thing about the philosophy, and then we'll start wrapping up a little bit, but uh, the, the therefores, what I call them that I see people come up with. So they're chugging along with their train of thought. And a lot of times I'm like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then all of a sudden they go, so therefore, and then it's like, Insert something that makes no sense. Right. I'm like, what just happened? What? And how do we, how do we fix that? Like how do people, the whole, the whole gun uh, debate, we need more laws and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's one of those. So a guy walks in where he's the only person with a firearm. He commits horrible murders. And there was no immediate responder there. Right. Because they're in a gun-free zone. And so the therefore, how do we fix this? Therefore, let's make more situations where fewer people are able to fight back. I'm, that, well, that is so hard for me. <laughs> there's only, for the people who make the laws, there's only two explanations. They either are real, actually truly that ignorant, which means they really have no business leading because you can't be that ignorant and be a leader. Mm -hmm. Or you maliciously sign that stuff in knowing it doesn't help. Mm. Unless yeah. there's a third option that you can see that I can't see. But you either are just literally either too stupid. I, I don't believe any of them are stupid. It's like, so like not literally what the actual definition of stupid is. They're not mentally incompetent. They can get, they can think. Mm -hmm. So they either are just truly ignorant of the truth of what a gun-free zone is. Mm -hmm. Which What is a gun-free zone? It's an anti-self-protection zone. It's not a gun-free zone. Thank an anti-self-protection zone. And so they either just don't know, which is negligent in my opinion, since your job is to protect the citizens. Yes. That's your only job. So you're either negligent or you're malicious. And both of those are bad. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, it's like we, you, in being in the, in the gun world, the pro self-protection world, you hear it all the time. People talk about stuff about guns and they have no idea what they're talking about. You can tell in two seconds, they have for sure never held one, never shot one, don't know anything about it. And yet they feel qualified to run their mouth about how to do it and how, what people should have it. And I'm like, you guys don't even know what you're talking about though. It's like, if this was school and I showed up that unprepared to, for like a presentation in, in class and I was getting graded, I would get an F in the presentation. Mm -hmm. If it was a test in, because these people understand academia, if it was a test in public schools or college and I studied that little for the exam, I'm going to fail the exam. Mm -hmm. But then they act, then they get mad. And it's like, if you got mad, like, well, I shouldn't have failed. And the teacher's like, well, did you study at all? no and they're like well then that's why you fail but then you still get mad you're like no 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 it's unfair that i failed and you're like thought we just went over the fact that you didn't prepare at all how is this the teacher's fault it's your fault you didn't prepare you don't have the virtue you didn't study you didn't prepare so you can't even come to the debate exactly and so i always think in terms of like a doctor trying to diagnose something right so you walk in and you're having a headache and they think that the best thing to do is to do something that makes your head hurt worse. You know, 
It's like right. years, like, like, like chop off your head. Right. Like years, cure your headache. <laughs> it's true. Right. But then you're exactly. like, wait, but won't I be dead, doctor? <laughs> well, I mean details. Right. Minor right. details. Your headache will be gone. But I solved the pain that was in your head. Right. So yep. now it's so true. It's like, you know, years ago, there was the, the big cure for everything was bloodletting, right? So they would attach leeches to you and, yep. and actually, you know, cut you open and have blood come out. And we can look back at that now and go, what were they thinking that caused the death of so many people that wouldn't have died if they hadn't? I'm, I'm confident that at some future time, people are going to look back at this time in history and go, so there therefore was more gun laws, like right. less he, ability to protect right. yourself. Like what? I see lots of us already see that. Like all your listeners already see that. That's why they're listening to the show. They already know this. And so the other thing I want to say too, is, is that the media wants you to think that you are way more alone than you really are. Mm-hmm. Amen. You're not. There again, we just we both just went to the Water Woman Conference. There's hundreds of women there from all over the country. Those are just the state leaders, mm-hmm. like the leaders of chapters and stuff. Those aren't all the members. Mm-hmm. There's 360 chapters of that organization across the whole country. There's 22 chapters just in California. Mm. Sacramento has over 100 members in that chapter. So there's tons of people who agree that. With the absolute bare bones common sense, I should be able to protect myself. I have the duty and the obligation to protect myself. John Correa, uh, do you know John Correa from Active Self Protection? Yeah, he's awesome. He spoke on Sunday before me, and he's like, so the out of all the videos, his talk was on like lessons learned from watching seventeen thousand self defense encounters, because he gets all those real videos from security footage and dash cams and police body cams. He said, guess what the average amount of time that a self-defense encounter lasts in all the stuff we've researched? Hmm. Five seconds. Whoa. Five seconds for the, for the for initial contact, and then the person's either subdued or kind of done. Five seconds is the average. Oh, wow. The average police response time in Phoenix is 11 and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't know about you, but that math doesn't bode good for you. Right. You know, and again, we all know this subconsciously. It's like, yeah, you can't, even if you get on the phone as it's happening, they're not, even if they're lightning fast, they're not going to be there in five seconds. Right. Now we need immediate response. Right. Exactly. I like that you use that phrase. We need people that can do it right now. And if it's not going to be you, you better have people around you who can do it. Absolutely. Wow. All right. Well, Thank you so much for being here today. As we go out, I want you to um, tell folks about both of your books. Kind of tell us what each one's about, how we can find them, and then also how we can follow and find you. Right. So the main website is alexlanchi.com, A-L-E-X-L-A-N-S-H-E.com. Facebook, search Anatomy of a Warrior. Uh, Instagram, search Warrior Millennial. And so, again, the Anatomy of Warrior book was just born out of a process of really trying to drill into what does it really mean to be the warrior? Because everybody talks about it, but what do you actually have to do? Because, see, virtue is a verb. You have to do it. That's why it doesn't always get best reactions, because you can't just take a course online that makes you the warrior. The ordinary warrior has to actually get up every day and do the work. 
but what is the work the work is not the extraordinary acts of like stopping the wars it's like you can't you don't have any power over that you have to do what you can control in your own life you got to fight your own demons kill your own vice because what's the opposite of virtue vice so defeat your own demons and vices and that's how you become the warrior that's what makes you strong that's how you're able to protect people and see what reality is this number one thing for the warrior is if you can't see the threat, you can't protect against it. You can't prevent it, and you can't stop it from happening if you don't even know what the threat is or that there even is a threat. So if you're too lost in vice and your own self-absorption, you won't see at all if there's a threat. Mm. And in the modern world, that looks like putting your head in your cell phone and just walking along without looking. You literally can't see what the threat is at all because your focus is too small, it's too narrow, and you're too self-absorbed in the phone. Mm-hmm. Like literally, it's not even in a judgmental way. You're just literally self-absorbed in the phone. So you lose all the peripheral, all that stuff, and then you're easy to victimize. So the anatomy of the warrior for the virtues, the book was trying to get into that. What, do you, what virtues do you actually have to try to practice every day that will make you a better protector? So it's very practical. Um, you can find that on Amazon as well. Search anatomy of a warrior. And then Warrior Attitude is a, a much smaller book. That is just really short chapters on just little mental attitudes you can remind yourself of to kind of stay in the right frame of mind some are little stories some are just you know little blog posts that i did and put them into book chapters so that was really easy to read i think it's just barely over 100 pages just really short uh mental reminders of things that warriors would use to stay fresh fantastic um can you hold up uh, do you have them both there with you or just the one just the one that's great because that is a human heart in the middle. Yeah, yeah. human heart inside a arrowhead or a shield. If you don't, that. if you don't protect that, you can't protect anything else. Absolutely, anatomy of a warrior. And how do folks find those? Amazon.com or Alex Lanchi, L-A-N-S-H-E.com. Fantastic, and you're on all the uh, all the social medias, Twitter included. I am not on Twitter. <laughs> Good uh, for you. Not on Twitter. <laughs> I never could figure out what Twitter was for, honestly. So I just, I never got into it. But I'm getting back into Instagram. I haven't been on Instagram in a while. So when you find Warrior Millennial, there's not too many posts yet. I just posted one from the conference. I'm going to start posting more on that one. But I've been on Facebook as Anatomy Warrior for a little bit longer. There's a lot more there. And um, I'm going to be rolling out a lot more content here in the upcoming months and years. I'm getting, diving back into it. So Fantastic. Well, thank you again so much for your time, Alexander Lanshi. Thank you, Cheryl. It was fun. All right. Well, stick around. There's always lots more coming up on Gun Freedom Radio.